Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. So good to see you and be here with you today. Um, Let's all just be thankful and say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Hey. We've been going through a series called God Speak, and it's about prayer. But we wanted to look at it in a different way, not so much just the normal idea that you may have about prayer, because prayer can be, I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, prayer can become mundane. Prayer can feel like an obligation. Prayer can sound like it's some type of religious expression. But In reality, prayer is talking to God, but it's so much bigger. And that's why we've subtitled this, Learning the Language of Heaven. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we want to do. Because if there was ever a time in the history of your life, now is the time to be serious about prayer. And I don't want to guilt you into this, because I don't think it was ever meant to be guilt-driven as an activity or a participation. Not at all. It is God's way of bringing us into his world and what he is doing. And by that, we are enriched with every step we take toward him and his kingdom. Listen, how we view life in this world will most often inform how we live this life. How we view this life, how we view the world, will most often inform how we live it, right? And we we have to ask questions about ourselves because there's so much out there today. So much that would ask us, you know, how, how how many followers do you have on Instagram? How many likes did you get with that cool thing you just said? What do I really want out of my life? And am I supposed to be living my life for myself? Or there may be a sense within you that says, I want to live for something greater. And so we, we raise the flag of the gospel and say, Jesus says, whoever will come, and he, he'll never turn you away. Whoever calls upon his name will not be ashamed, but he will save you. And that's the call. But what do you do after that? What do we do? Well, go preach the gospel. Okay, what is the gospel? Well, we talk about the blood of Jesus Christ died for those who will call upon his name. And those who do will enter into a resurrection life. Sounds pretty churchy. But there's this deep, old river. It's like like this old river coming out of a million-year-old canyon. And we call it prayer. And prayer is this thing that God has created for us to know him and to participate with him and see things change with him in our world. If you've ever felt that you're helpless, prayer really can change all of that. I was talking with some friends this week and and they said, you know, one of the big questions I have is, is prayer really effective? Is it really true? And those are honest, good questions.
questions to raise, especially if it's supposed to be so important. Listen, God's work in this world is exciting. His work is mysterious. And he calls us, he calls his Jesus followers to follow him in that work. Now, if prayer is just simply mundane comments about your day and praying before you eat, we're missing the point completely. One of the early Jesus followers, a guy by the name of John, writes these words, so powerful, and let them sink in. Don't love the world's ways. We can love and appreciate his creation. Nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful, mysterious, powerful. But don't love its ways. And he's speaking of a wayward world that has sort of forgotten God and done whatever we want to. Don't love the world's goods. The love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. You get the picture here? These are, these are enlightened people who are writing these things. People who are going along, following along, doing just like everybody else. And then Jesus comes in and all of a sudden a door opens up. And they find, oh, it's like that treasure room in the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Without your face melting off. Like, wait, God, is this all all this yours? Is this your doing? Is this what you're like? And then everything pales in comparison, and then they realize, oh, this is the stuff. Verse 17, the world and all of its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. That's the way they viewed it. It's on the way out. It's not going to last. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. You get that? That's that's a part of the gospel right there, is that God saved us for a mission for ourselves and for those around us. And and it's not something that is a strong obligation. It is, my friends, it's, it's an opportunity in life to really see things differently. And to experience them differently. And as we grow as disciples, we learn his language. And for us, prayer is a direct line to him. That's what it is. Prayer is a direct line to God. One of his great servants, someone who listened carefully for God's voice, spoke what God had to say. Jeremiah, the Lord speaking to him, says this. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, 
The Lord is his name. See, we lay claim to the creator God. We believe that we are living in his creation, in his backyard, in his world. And we owe everything to him. He said, this is what this Lord says. Call me and I will answer you and tell you of great unsearchable things you do not know. Now, what sounds terrible about that? Nothing. In today's world, someone that will actually pick up the phone when you call, is pretty amazing. And God says, call me. Hey, call me. And when you do, I'm going to show you some stuff that's going to blow your mind. And if we're not living in that, it's because we're not calling on him. We're only going from one problem to another problem, one tragedy to another tragedy, one need to another need. And, and we come off as just begging God constantly. But as we've established early on in this series, is that God knows before you get there. The point is not to inform him because he doesn't know what's going on. The point is, is that you come to him with what's going on and thereby asking him for a solution or a way forward in this. And that's why we've titled this, this message, Sacred Agents. Because God will use people in his sacred work as agents of his kingdom in this world on the ground in real all right, let's go back to Jeremiah for a second. Jeremiah was known as a prophet. And when you think of prophets, you always just usually think of somebody that's predicting the future. Nothing could be further from the truth. It was more expansive than that. He was somebody in, in a group of people who had committed their hearts to listen to God, to read his word, and to be a watchman in the land. And when God spoke to them, they would go and tell everybody. And, and God said, look, if everything they keep telling you it doesn't, it isn't true, it's because I haven't sent them. So Jeremiah had the reputation of somebody that, hey, when he shows up, it's like E.F. Hutton. Shh, everybody listen. But not unlike our time. People were just going about doing their own thing, and they had forgotten. Israel was a country that had been set apart to do what God wanted. He said, I want you to be a light to all nations, a light unto the Gentiles. I want you to show the justice and the goodness of what it means to live with me. And once again, they were doing their own things, bringing in weird gods, and just blowing it hard. They weren't fulfilling their mission. One of the unique elements of this period of time, it was prior to them going into captivity and exile in Babylon, is that there was a group of prophets that God called false prophets. And this was their message. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's great. Everything's good. Don't listen to old crying sad sack Jeremiah. God keeps telling him, hey man, it's coming. I'm going to shake this place up. I'm going to. Because God told him, he said, look, I didn't send those people. 
They may be talking for me, <laughs> but I didn't send them. And what I'm telling, I'm not telling them anything because they're not listening to me. They're not looking for me. They're not calling upon me. They are speaking out of the abundance of their own minds and their own hearts. You see, prayer was the communication between God and his servant, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had some heavy, heavy messages because he was listening to God during a heavy, heavy time. There was nothing great or amazing about him except for that he's somebody that sought after the Lord and the Lord showed him great and amazing things that would blow his mind. You know, I'm going to say this. It may hurt your feelings. But there's nothing really particularly great about you. I know your mother will disagree. But I'm not your mother. There's nothing really great or particularly wonderful about me. But somewhere along the line you say, look, I want to know what God has to say, what God is doing. And prayer is that communication from headquarters to the ground, from headquarters to the ground. And if you're looking around, you see God's movement in amazing ways. <clears throat> God brings us in. All right. Jeremiah was different because he listened to God and God listened to him. He listened to God, was looking for God, and God listened to him. The difference is that Jeremiah was interested in what God was doing, and God signed him on as an agent in his kingdom. That could be you. You know that? That could be you. The last thing I want to promote here is boring old prayer meetings. You know, that people hate to attend. Okay. Father, we just, we just ask. We had a guy that we used to pray with, and, and he always started everything out with, like, Father, we just. Like, so we started calling him Father, we just. <laughs> hey, that's not funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> but... It's, it's about living in this world in a fullness that we were meant to. Not cut off from God, far off somewhere, but working with him, watching with him, and doing the work with him in this world. Jeremiah 29, verse 10 says, This is what the Lord says. When the 70 years are completed in Babylon, uh-oh, you're going into captivity. I will come to you and fulfill my good promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's plans. When you call on me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You get that? God's saying, I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me. Okay, here's the condition. When you seek me with all your heart. 
Okay, this is where it gets real. This week, maybe today, you have to ask the question, do I seek God with my whole heart? Or do I just call him when I need something? You, you have, those of you who have kids or in college, call you up, hey, how's it going, mom and dad? Hope you're doing good. Hope things are okay. What do you want? He says, look, Israel, my people, I want you to call on me. I'm going to listen to you. I know the plans that I have for you. And I'm going to hear you, and I'm going to listen to you when you seek me with your whole heart. That somehow there has to be a moment of reality in which you say, okay, God, you have my full attention and I'm going to seek you. When that happens, if that's really your heart, is to get in on what he's doing, my friends, it seems that it opens up a world and it opens up a vision of the world and it opens up the ears of God and your heart as well. That, my friends, is the beginning of prayer in this world. Jeremiah was watching, he was listening, and he was actively involved in what God was doing. Sacred agents of God watch, working with God, following his plans and his direction. So what does that mean about me this week? I have bills to pay. Okay. Seek God with your whole heart. Give him the numbers. Tell him what you need but then get back to work. Because your days can be filled with trying to fulfill yourself, trying to fix all of your problems, trying to do everything right, and at the end you feel like a failure because you never live up to your own expectations. And God says, I've never called you to live up to your expectations. I've made you to seek after me and to be with me and to join me, then your life's going to get awesome. Then your life's going to get crazy because we find our fulfillment in God. So am I supposed to walk around in itchy robes all day? Maybe a suit and tie? Pray for people? Hold my Bible? Thanks for coming. I don't know. You should try it. Something new. That's not the point. The point is to be cognizant of the presence of God in all of your actions. Paul, speaking to young Timothy, this is after Jesus, the bringing of the Holy Spirit, and now they begin to move out into the world with the gospel. Paul, writing to Timothy, makes this point perfectly. He says... The first thing I want you to do is pray. <laughs> what do you do first? Pray. Usually it's like when all else fails, pray. Pray every way you know how. For everyone you know, especially 
for rulers and their governments to rule well so we can be quietly about our business of living simply and humbly in humble contemplation. Okay, what's the first thing to do? Observe, listen, and take action. We pray. How do we pray? We pray every way that we know how. You don't have to be an expert. If you've got one pretty good prayer in your back pocket, use that one. But I find it's easier, and the more true prayers that I pray are simply sharing my heart with God. You don't have to thee, though, thine. It's not necessary. It's just sharing what's on your heart with the living God who says, I'm listening to you. I care about what you're saying. Now, he says, pray every way you know how. Any way you know how. But first, pray. That's the point. Okay, who do we pray for? Pretty broad here, but he says, everyone you know. Everyone you know. Listen, you think, that's going to take a lot of time. Well, you don't have to say long prayers, right? But here's the picture. You get up in the morning and you head out through your day. You prayed. And as things come along, we make choices on how we will respond to things, right? Someone in the car next to you swings over really fast. And you're like... Okay, God, uh, close your ears. I'm about to cuss this person out. I know because a few of you in the church have done that to me, and you didn't know it was me. <laughs> or someone brings you some bad news, or you get in a conflict at the office, or you hear something on the news that is disturbing to you. And at that point, we, we either have to react with our opinion, we have to act with uh, uh, our view of certain things, and I don't like that, and I don't like these people, and whatever. And that doesn't do anybody any good. But we think in those moments, well, I don't need to pray about it. Yes, you do. Because in doing so, you are acting as God's agent in a weird situation. Used to... Uh, when, when you, you know those crazy people that drive through traffic and going really fast and they have dents all over the side of their car? I used to just was like, <laughs> and now I'm like, God, please help that person to get their mind straight and to slow down and not run into anybody and nobody gets hurt. I, I, I feel it as an obligation on my part to do so. And you think, well, I'm helpless to do that. No, you're not. You're a child of God. Start acting like it. Don't act like your prayers are stupid. Pray about it. You know, people get hung up on this. Well, you know, some Christians are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. What does that mean? Well, you know, they say, I'll pray about it, but they're not going to do anything about it. Oh, bleh. 
Come on, man. If God's real, then prayers are real. And if God's word is true, then he's not a liar. Then why do we pretend to make him out to be a liar when it comes to praying? Pray for everybody you know, the situations that are problematic. Be on the job with God in that place doing something about it. Prayer is not weak. Prayer is powerful. Then he says, pray especially for, and this is a quote, people in the government that you can't stand. Oh, wait. I added that in there. The people who frustrate you and are on television every night. He said, pray for rulers and their governments to rule well. Why should I pray for that? I need to act. I need to do something. A lot of talk today. And I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a little miffed that there's, a, there's an idea within Christianity, especially in America right now, that, you know, somehow if the Christians would just stand up and do something, everything would get right. You've got to fight back. You've got to stand up. You've got to do... Okay. And then they go back to Nazi Germany and say, if the Christians would have stood up, you know, Hitler would have, you know, gotten saved or whatever. I don't know. What I read in here is he said, pray for those leaders that they'll make good decisions. If there is a, if there is a corrupt government, if there is corruption within that government and they're hurting people and it's beyond you, you can't like send an, a letter to your senator and say, do something about this. Well, who do you think God is? Maybe God would love to grant your prayer. He's like, finally, somebody stopped complaining and they prayed about it. Let's do it. How do you know that God won't answer your prayer? Well, I just know he won't. Well, maybe you've been doing it wrong. Maybe I've been doing it wrong. You see, we've got to get real with this and realize that even if this is not true, let's abandon it and find something that is true. Okay? Let's be committed to that. God can stand up to that, and God's not going to be like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you said that. God's like, yeah, try me out. I do what I say. And if you could start believing that you could have an effect on the rulers locally, not for their ill, not for bad. You, you could have an influence on leaders in different countries. If you started believing and thinking that way, your prayer life gets pretty exciting. You listen to the radio, get all fired up. Did you hear today that so-and-so said, mwah, 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 mwah. oh, once again. Then if you're thinking heavenly as a nation of God, you go, I better pray about that. I better pray about that right now. God, you know what I'm going to pray about, but if you want me to be a part of it, I will. But here's what I see. You see, prayer is being concerned and compassionate for, for people with God. That's, that's the big thing. Prayer changes things, but mostly it changes you and me. And that's the whole point of all of this. He goes on further. Why? 
Why are we to pray for our rulers? Why are we to pray for everyone? Says, so we can be quietly about our business of living simply in humble contemplation. So that we can live quiet lives in humble contemplation. You see, God wants us to live at peace. To live in peaceful environments. And so we pray that his rule would be over those that rule us. That he would influence them as he influences us. And in that taking place, then then we see the picture of God unfolding. Not fighting, not corruption, not trying to kill each other. But enjoying quiet and peace. How many of you love going up into the mountains? Okay. The rest of you, you're losing your mind. I love it when the sound of the stream and the the breeze through the trees drowns out everything. And it's one of the reasons I love to, to get out with a fly rod and go fishing. I mean, I love the sandwiches I make too, but that's another thing. But there's something about that quietness that sense of God's nature, that rhythm of his creation that is awe-inspiring. It's like it washes your soul. And he says, I want you to be able to live that way. That's why we pray. Secondly, the reason why, he says in verse 3, is there is a way our Savior God wants us to live. This is the way our Savior God wants us to live. He wants us not only, but everyone be saved. You know, everyone to get to know the truth that we have learned. He says, I want it to spread. And what is that? This is it, verse 5. That there's one God and only one. One priest, mediator between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin to set them all free. Eventually, the news is going to get out. It's like a good restaurant. You can't keep it hidden. God's doing a good thing, and he wants us to spread through his people to other people like healing, not a virus. Eventually, it's going to get out. All right, prayer is mission critical. Here's our objective, getting the word out, verse 7. This and this only has been my appointed work, Paul speaking. Getting the news to those who have never heard of God and explaining how it works by simple faith and plain truth. I just want to get the word out. That's, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're praying. That's why we're on mission with God. I want to get the word out that you don't have to be this anyway, anymore. That you can live in harmony with God and with your neighbors and your friends. So prayer becomes critical. Critical. Mission critical. Verse 8, since prayer is at the bottom of all this, it's at the... It's, it's right at the base. It's the foundation. 
What I want mostly is for men to pray, not shaking angry fists at enemies, but raising holy hands to God. Stop looking for enemies. You're going to find them. You notice that? It's always surprising to me. Jesus said, Peter, put up your sword. Peter was going to cut somebody. He wanted to cut somebody's ear off. Jesus also said that he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Violence begets violence. When you have a violent riot in, the, the, in our country, what does it do? Does it make people peaceful? Oh, wow, that violence really calmed me down. No, you have other people going, oh, yeah, let's go. It's a mess in your life. When somebody says something that hurts you, do you fix the situation by insulting them back? No. You just throw gasoline on it. And what does he say here? I want you to pray more than anything else. Not raising fists at each other. Stop it. Stop looking for enemies. And when, if you find one and one is identified saying, I am your enemy, then you begin to pray for that person. Because they're held in bondage to the stupid way the world works. That's why that early disciple said, whoever loves the world, well, the love of the Father is not in them. God doesn't like this stuff. And he wants to use you to change it. But it means that you've got to do the opposite. Pray more, get on your knees more, shake your fist less, unclench your fist, a fist that wants to fight, and open to God, ready to receive his provision and his solution. So God, what are we going to do? So what are we going to do in this? I'm praying about it right now. It's a tough situation. What are we going to do? What do you want me to do? You don't think God's going to speak to you? You've been seeking him with your whole heart. You've been living each day with him, listening to him, paying attention to him, trying to unclench your fist. Open it up, man. Let it go. You're ready to receive what God has. Listen, we were made by God to serve him. And so I've given you a lot here, but I, I think you're getting the point that we're missing an opportunity to live differently. Any of you love being angry and bitter? I see a few faces. <laughs> Maybe that's in the past, but... It's had its toll on you, I can see. God says, I don't want you to be that way either. I want you to be thinking with me about what's going on in the world. I want you to be aware of the needs of your friends and your neighbors, and I want you to bring them to me, and we'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. 
No magic formula. Seek me with your whole heart. Mean it. Say it like you mean it. We have yet to see, you have yet to see what God will do if you really trust him and believe him and you work with him. That's what he wants. So here's the way. I'm going to give you a few suggestions to start your day. Psalm 5, beginning in verse 1, the psalmist says, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. That is, after a long night, a pause, a reset from the day before, I wake up and, I, and some of the burdens are still there and I bring them to you, God. Start out your day the best way you can. Now, I'm not going to tell you to say that do this before coffee because I'm not a medical professional. I have no, I have no way to know that that's good or not. But I am saying, take him at his word and look forward to it. I look forward to a cup of coffee in the morning. But you know what? The first time someone has a cup of coffee, they're like, you drink this stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can put sugar and milk in it if you want to ruin it, but I mean, just straight, hot, scalding, down the gullet. It's the best in the morning. It's 100 degrees outside, I know. Isn't it wonderful? It really takes you a while to develop a taste for coffee. I'm surprised as many people drink it as they do. See if you have a taste for meeting with God in the morning. Today's going to start off on the right foot with him, for him, for others. A couple things to note. If you take God seriously, if you dare seek him first, know this, he's the boss. Stop trying to get him to do stupid stuff that you want done. We bring little things to me. I Okay. But I, I, I'm kind of like, I feel dumb going, hey, God, could you help me find my keys? I'm like, that's the best you can do? Really? There's other things going on. Your keys are right over there, by the way. <laughs> we report to him, and he is listening. If we've learned anything from Jeremiah, if we've learned anything from Paul, if we've learned anything from the early disciples, if we learned anything from Jesus... It says, we report to him and he is listening. He is listening. Start the day with him. Talk to him about what's going on with you personally. Get it all out. Share it. Clean the slate. Share the burdens that you have. Roll them over on him. These burdens that keep coming up and you're not able to fix well, but it just keeps rising up. It may be something about your personality. It may be something about someone in your family or a coworker, whatever it may be. Roll them over on him and, and, and receive what he's got for you today and let that stuff that you can't fix 
Leave it with God and trust he will. Ask for guidance. Ask about his mission for you today. What do you want me to see today, God? Who do you want me to pray for? How do you want me to see your world and move and have my being in it? Keep your eyes, keep your ears, keep your heart open throughout the day. Keep them open. Keep your ears open. Keep your heart open. Because God may be ready to speak to you about a situation that's going on, a person you need to pray for. Or, you know, sometimes you'll get a, a, a just someone will come in your mind, you'll call them up and say, man, how's it going today? Terrible. Well, good. I mean, sorry, not good, but I'm glad I called. Listen to a story. Well, I'm going to tell you next week. If you show up, I'll tell you that story. (laughs) Keep your eyes and your ears and your heart open and pray for the things on the ground because you have purposed in your heart to be an agent of God in this world. His ministries, his ideas. His things. Pray for the sick. Lift up those who are hurting. Hey, man, that's our business. That's what we do. All throughout the day, if you do these things, you will be on a mission with God. Philippians 4, and we'll finish with these verses. Verse 5. Let your gentleness be known or evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord, the one that knows what's going on before you get there, the one that knows you and listens to you. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you want the peace of God in your life today? That's right. It doesn't feel like a very peaceful place we're living in. Well, God has deployed you here. And it's got work for us. But it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. I have a young man I want you to pray for today. His name is Omarion. I want to bring it for the whole church because we received a phone call uh, after midnight last night. His mom's a friend of our family, comes to this fellowship, and, and we don't know the details, but there's a big pileup last night, a multiple car crash on uh, Montgomery, and five people are in critical condition and one, are de- one is dead. This young man's 17 years old, and just one of the sweetest people you'd ever want to meet. Well, and he lost an arm already, and who knows what else is coming for him. Let's lift him up today. Let's lift his mama up today. And let's believe that God's real. We're still on mission, even in church. Lord, we thank you for today. 
Thank you for the opportunity to, to come and to pray and to talk to you and to be a part of you. Lord, your view of the world is so powerful and mysterious and awesome. I pray we adopt it as our view. Lord, I pray for those who are here this morning who are like, man, I need that. I need Jesus. I, I, if that's you out there, folks, um, just call out to God. I'd love to meet with you after the service. But, Lord, I, I just pray for, for those of us who are seeking after you, Lord, that you'd help us find that way and turn to you and begin to experience a life in Jesus. Lord, we, we lift up Omarion to you. We lift up his mama and his friends and all the family, people who were hurt in that crash. We pray, Lord, that he would pull through, they would pull through miraculously. Lord, you can do it, anything, everything. We know it. But I pray that your Holy Spirit would be there and help us as a body to, to care for and to be your hands and your feet in this land and to bring peace and comfort and joy. And Lord, may our gentleness be known throughout the land. And before we go, God, we pray for our mayor. We pray for our city council people, people on school boards. We pray for our governors. We pray for... Um, for our governor, Lord, and the cabinet and the House and the Senate here in this state. Lord, that these circumstances that seem coincidental are really orchestrated by you. Lord, we pray that they, that they would make good decisions. Lord, that our, our place would be peaceful and prosper. We pray for law enforcement to give them wisdom. Lord, we pray against all of the criminals coming in through our state and, and just wreaking havoc. We pray that they would have a turn of heart and see the goodness of the living God. Make us wise as serpent, Lord, but innocent as doves. And may your kingdom rule on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. NCCABQ.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.